Bob, Bob actually messaged me and told me like how Julian, like it's Julian is a brand and I shouldn't abandon that and it's just like Magma Lore <laughs> 2000 is just crap and I shouldn't use that and I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go back. Oh, <laughs> like I, I like I appreciate that you really cared. <laughs> I mean, like, dude, he doesn't he doesn't know anything about cool names though. Tagoras just posted a tweet two minutes ago saying Shieldred is insane in Legacy Doomsday. Played ten rounds of the deck today on stream and she won a third of them alone. Oh, yeah, high praise. I, I was watching his stream this morning, and yeah. yeah, it was just winning. Yeah, um, I think with that, uh, we're just going to say hello and welcome to Everyday Channel number 133. No, fuck, I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> hello and welcome to Everyday Channel number 131, your favorite, most deceptively named bi-weekly legacy podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our brand new patrons, David Putz, Jackson C., Skitter Lias, and Cassandra Davis. If you want to support the running of the show directly, you can support us on patreon.com slash everydayturner. Yo, it's a full house again. We got four people tonight, but uh, before we introduce our, well, I always say special guest. I, I think it gets old at some point, like very special guest. We, we, we have to think, like you guys are the yeah, I, I think you always say special guest. Like, you know, can we like in, in, introduce like a non-special guest? You know, maybe, it, you know it's, like... it's kind of like when, when, when you have a product and you say, oh, by the way, it's free of, I don't know, atomic testing oh. whatever like yeah yeah like 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 my t-shirt is free of sugar it's like yeah of course <laughs> but once you stop printing it on it like all of a sudden you're just a guest you know a special guest so you know you, right. you or, 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 we, or we could believe that all the guests are special that's why yeah. we invite them on right. yeah that, that that's it's not true say. but it's what we'll tell them <laughs> <laughs> so yeah guys what have you been up to kai uh house life <laughs> Dude, it's, uh, you know, I'm I'm just here. Um, I just I just got, I just got myself a drink. I ran out of beer at home, so I'm sipping a, a nice uh, gin sour kind of kind of thing. But mm. also, but, uh, but I also have a, a glass of water. You know, just um, to keep keep being balanced. Um, I successfully booked my flight to Four Seasons Bologna in December, dude. Hell yeah, <laughs> he did it. Crazy, so far ahead of time, dude. I yeah, uh, I I kind of feel uncomfortable and like for you know for really like being in the mm. situation. But uh, it happened. It happened. Uh, and pretty looking forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna be the first week of uh, December, I believe. Wait, and, uh, wait, wait, wait. It's the second week of December. That's the second one. Okay, no. I just got no. Let, let me like recheck my flight. Real quick. <laughs> no, just, like, <laughs> like I literally have no idea which week. Hey of guys, I booked. Yeah, I booked my flights on the wrong day. No, like seriously though. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be the European Legacy Masters for the first time. And uh, ooh, you know, tell me more yeah. about that. Is, that. is there anyone qualified for that? Oh, dude, I got no idea. Just you know, I'm just a random dude, just like hanging out. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I hear like a, a couple of different countries have selected their representatives. Actually, this is like the most undemocratic. Actually, we we try to give it the face of democracy or something, right? And in, in, in this kind of context where everybody like stops believing in democracy, we decided, okay, we, we we're gonna select the players. It's not gonna be very democratic, but we're gonna have like an aristocracy, and yeah. inside the aristocracy, there's gonna be democracy. And yeah, I guess fast forward, uh, Callum Kai and I are. But qualified sounds like the wrong word, right? Have been selected to We've been represent. Invited. We've been invited. That's the best way to. Put that it. sounds yeah. better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That sounds way you better. Know. To select, uh, yeah, to represent by Germany and. Yeah. The, is it going to be the UK? <laughs> is it yeah. going to be all of the UK that's sitting yeah. on the us? Um, I think this episode will come out after it's announced, but I'm not going to say the other name yet. But we have another very well known and well loved uk person so not from england also with a special invitation so oh yeah. you know what i literally don't know but now i can actually guess yeah i think it's a bit of a teaser i think you can guess <laughs> you know what since i actually don't know <laughs> and i don't want you to 
to respond. Is it going to be Gary from, from Scotland who won the Legacy GP? I could imagine that. Yeah, well, you, you're not supposed to respond. Maybe I'm totally wrong. But if you, told, <laughs> like, if you say not from, from England, he's the first guy who comes to mind. My lips are sealed. Of course oh, they gosh. are. Right. <laughs> but I, I've also booked my flights for four seasons. I just jumped on it. Like, I saw the prices were good. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do a Kai. I'm just going to get it in there. Do it. And uh, yeah, I'm super, super excited. Like The whole idea of an invitational thing is just really cool to me and i was before i was told that i'd get like a special invite i was totally determined to super try hard at the events and try and qualify i was going to try and travel to another one but because i've been running these like uh, non-profit events in london for about six years now plus the podcast i think they said this first event i know you were saying like it's undemocratic and stuff but the first event is just to get the name out there and pick it up it's not the like most of the players will have qualified by winning events are doing well but it's they're trying to get people that you know a bit known in the legacy community and stuff to attend so that everyone is motivated to qualify for the next one the, ne the following year so yeah was oh, that the biggest motivation hey i can see callum i can touch him <laughs> not me <laughs> <laughs> i mean you um, might make it in the next year as well so that's the big motivation yeah. so it, it is it, i just like you know we've all, we've talked about this before how like gps used to have the big side events and stuff and you know with the lack of gps going on and stuff we've as it's just gone on there's been something missing this like um something to properly practice for and properly prepare for and stuff so i'm completely motivated to do well at this event it's really cool yeah. maybe uh is, is it okay if you also already announced that uh there might be some special episode coming up like you know being directly recorded at bologna four seasons yeah we haven't we haven't okay, actually talked uh, about it at all until now but let's do it we... i was gonna say like it's not like i'm hearing about the idea for the actually, first time but well you know we can, we can also cut it out but no we're gonna keep this dude i'm just saying you know um no we, we should we should record uh we should do like a video live stream there as well or record an episode or something we're gonna do a bunch of stuff there yeah, yeah I, I i'm still actually thinking about whether i'm maybe gonna drive to bring some equipment or maybe i can take all of it on the train but we'll certainly figure that out we, we need some kind of casting couch right i mean i i haven't looked at all at any of the apartments you guys suggested but i'm gonna trust you that they are gonna have a casting couch Mm-hmm. yep to um practice the painter versus doomsday matchup on oh my goodness I'm yeah. so ready. I'm so ready. I, I, mean, I'm so, I, I, I think like, you know, if you asked me that question like a week ago, I would have said like, dude, hell no. But Kai's now, won I, one now league I'm, match against yeah, Painter dude, now and he's I'm ready. Dude, yeah, come with me, bro. <laughs> I so will. <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah, so for me, I, I'm back from the diving trade fair, literally my favorite trade fair in the world. And yeah, I had a really great time. Dude, I, I sold some absolutely insane safaris you know how there's like these standard safaris like one and a half days two and a half days we sell like that's basically most of what we sell but then you get those like really special customers and they usually come in at that trade fair and they have like some like alteration requests to the safari like they take the safari and they're like okay you know add this add that i want this animal i want the animal to do that and and then all of a sudden you end up like the two and a half day safari turns into an 11 day safari and I'm working on putting that together, and it looks, I guess I can say that, uh, it looks like a 30,000 euro safari, which Holy is like, shit. like, that's the annual income for, for some people. It's, it's, I mean, it sounds wow. cool, but I went on an 11-day safari just this past weekend. Wait, help me out. Wait, wait. Yeah. Don't worry. Carry <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Callum doesn't just like want to be, oh, no, I've been showing off the easy. Mm. Uh, I got... <laughs> Just bend it time. <laughs> I, I, I get it. Oh, I get it. 11 days of fire on every single weekend. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm not my, my coast is so on the ball. Don't you love it? No, I'm just <laughs> having some Spanish wine. Cool. Oh, yeah. Somehow great. we decided we're going to have some something to drink tonight. Yeah. 
On that note, should we introduce our guest? Because we told him he needs to day drink. We have a day... What? Was it heavy we got a guest? Have... What? <laughs> oh, actually, we have a guest. It's kind of funny. Callum, you want to tell the story how, how the guest actually came on the podcast? I don't know the story. Okay, the story is... First of all, we're going to have Max Gilmore, also known as Max Tarshan, uh, also known as the... Well, I was going to say the better half, but it's, it's more like the Max half of minmaxblog.com. Is dot com max help us out, dude? We are so underprepared. Because- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, yeah, it's dot com. Uh, Minmaxblog.com. Awesome. You know, when the guest is so famous, you actually stop preparing like introductions because, like, imagine you have Barack Obama on the cast, and you're like, "Oh, this is um, Barack Obama. He's a politician." Like, dude, come on, please. <laughs> like, imagine if you'd ever say that. Like, he's a politician. Holy shit! <laughs> Retired politician. Oh, so Max, yeah, Max, Max is a legacy player. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can, can you say that? I, I do, the dude. Yeah, yeah I, I can I, very I much play, say that. I play uh, this Magic the Gathering format known as Legacy, and I play it a lot. It's very fun. That's Hell crazy, yeah. though. Yeah. And with that, if you want to support the running of the show, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, um, Callum told us you were going to c- come on the cast, and we were like, yeah, hell yeah, let's get next on the cast. And then, like, half an hour later, Callum told us, actually... I forgot, like, actually, I need to ask him first. <laughs> <laughs> you knew I'd say yes. Like, I love yeah. it with you guys. Like, I'm almost considering, like, trying to book a ticket to, uh, you know, Bologna, which is not oh, close to so where I live at all. So just sick. Out, but, uh, Yeah, you got a bunch of time. You just, just do it the day before, you know. <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah. If you can convince my work to give me extra vacation days, I would do it. But I'm currently fresh out. Can you give me the email address? You could quit. <laughs> just, just, I don't know, call in sick. Hey, yeah, I mean those those Italian sounds in the background. It's it's. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's this new this new Netflix series that I'm watching. They all speak Italian. Uh, but dude, have you ever been to to Italy? I have not. It's amazing. You should. It's, you should. Know, yeah. Like this is one of the best regions I want to say of Europe. Like there's a lot of people who say, oh, this is the nicest place. This is the nicest place. Like all that area around like. I guess if I say Florence, a lot of people in Bologna are gonna be pissed off. But to me, that's just like a greater <laughs> region. Um, in, in like mid central Italia, oh, I just love all Italy. So yeah. yeah, but we got Max on because one, he's great to chat with, and two, you did something over the weekend, didn't you, Max? What happened? I um, I joined a tournament um, early Sunday morning and ended up playing the tournament until late Sunday afternoon. I um, I won the Legacy Showcase Challenge. Hell Wait, yeah! That, Hell yeah! Congrats! That's Magic tournaments, <laughs> and these Showcase Challenges are tough, right? So they. Like the challenges, I think are tough to win already. Um, you get a lot of great players in there, like tougher than leagues. The showcase challenges, you get like all the good legacy grinders. Like every single one will be in there, and then you get like the grinders from other formats picking up the best decks as well coming in. It these things are tough, tough, tough. So yeah, what did you play in? Uh, give us a rundown of it. Um, so I played uh, blue black turbo doomsday, the uh, the fast version of the deck, if you will. I won my first six rounds, so six zero, and there were three six zeros. And then I lost round seven and uh, won round round eight, which was very fortunate because it ended up being a clean cut. The uh, The tournament was 212 players. It's on and the dot, if isn't you it? notice, um, when Magic Online does its, uh, you know, the overall like tournament structure overview, it says that eight rounds goes until 212 players and 213 was the ninth round. So it turns out Caleb Durward was going to play this event and was tweaking his numbers on his deck list until like 8.01 a.m. basically and just missed actually entering. (laughs) And then a whole extra round for everyone else. Yeah, exactly. So because he missed registering, it became 212 players. And um, 
which is nice because at a clean cut, it was eight seven ones. No one actually ran undefeated. Nice. And so one of the things I hate most about the tournament structure of Magic Online is you know how you'll have like a bunch of you know an eight run tournament. You'll have like an eight zero and like five seven ones, and then the remaining two are the people who or 6-2 the best breakers, and then 6-2 goes from, like, 7th place down to, like, 22nd place. Yeah, So, like, you lot. can either get into top 8 or miss top 16 with the same record, and that is just Yeah, it's painful. like you have a game show, and uh, and somebody randomly gets a car, and the other person who did the same gets, like, a, I don't know, like Some horse, batteries. a bucket of fish. A horse is pretty good. <laughs> bucket of fish, that dude. How did you come up with bucket of fish? Uh, oh, you said a horse. I, I wanted to say, like, a bouquet of flowers, but I didn't bouquet know if that was the word, and then I couldn't get rid of, like, the B sound yeah. in my head. Yeah, B and F, yeah. But that, that, that feeling is, it's, when you lose, like, one of the early rounds as well, you just kind of know that you're fighting for top 16 at best, if you don't win out, of course. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, exactly. it was pretty, it's very rare to see a clean cut of yeah. like all seven ones. It's also right. one of those things where I think um, for if anyone ever wants to make like a spectacle out of a magic tournament, you really need to have a structure that, that is very clear, that it's not like, you know, tiebreaker dependent because it's just like so confusing for, for like casual viewers. And I, I mean, even magic players still sometimes struggle like in the last round they're like oh what does it mean should i draw should i do this i want a tournament structure where it's just like if you play there's always something on the line for you to play unless i guess you're in the very last places and then you play for the laugh of the game or whatever but if <laughs> if there can be something on the line there should be something on the line that's very clearly defined and, and not like mm, i'm gonna win and then we're gonna roll a dice which is the most unhyped thing you could you could imagine yeah. right yeah so um before we jump into your event and your list and stuff, let's just give a quick rundown of the top eight because the top eight is one, every single player is absolutely insane. Two, it's eight different archetypes. It's it's super, super cool. So I, um hate to interject, I think yeah. it's only seven. Sorry. It's seven, yeah. Oh, there is seven. Yep. Yeah, I um, Yeah, we've got so much red. I'm a mono red prisons player, so I can't count. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> cool. So I'll give a quick rundown. So in eighth place we had a Grisopuff, who is Bob Wang on eight cast. Seventh place, we had uh, Leviathan 102, Levi Sprung on Blue Red Delver. In sixth, we have Namasquats on, I think, Four Color Control. Fifth, we have XJ Cloud, who's on Moon Stompy. Fourth, we have Cherry X Man on, like, we're going to dive into this card more, but like, Mono Black, quote unquote, Stompy with uh, sh- lots of Shieldreds. I mean, it just says B. <laughs> yeah, it just says B. Um, <laughs> B Stompy. Third, we have Soul Strong on Moon Stompy again. Second, we have M.M. Mapson125, who's Michael Mapson from the Depths podcast, on Naya Depths. And in first place, we have Max on his blue-black Doomsday deck. So that is just a very cool-looking top eight. Yeah, real stacked. I mean, that's yeah. what you get, right, in these legacy cha- uh, or yeah. showcase challenges. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All the best players usually rise to the top. Like, you yeah. rarely see top eights where you're like, oh, I only know, like, two or three people out of these. Yeah, which yeah. doesn't mean that the other ones wouldn't be good, but uh, yeah, if if you make a name for yourself in Legacy, that's usually right. through top editing a bunch of tournaments. Right, I mean they just got lucky, you know. <laughs> Clearly, I mean, the, n- n- just because you do that, Kai, it doesn't mean that everybody's <laughs> using that method. It's funny how the same players get lucky every time. It's, yes, it's, it's, I don't know how it works. Oh, it's yeah. an insane I, amount of luck. Dude, I wanna, don't want to go deep into this, but one of my most hilarious conspiracy theories that I ever read was somebody on Reddit literally arguing that all the best players in the world are just like outliers of outliers of outliers well yeah they are just more lucky if they keep winning the thing is like it's so crazy (laughs) to comprehend because it's such stupid bullshit but basically he's saying like guys (laughs) like brian kibler who have been like on the top of the game for like 20 years plus 
but he's just like consistently got lucky and lucky and lucky and of course if you if you look at the total number of people at the top of the game you would probably need like a couple thousand or millions earth population to to even like produce those kinds of outliers playing magic all day every day and yeah anyway you guys go on i, I just like i can't i can't forget about this theory <laughs> I'm gonna make of, like, one day. We, yeah, one day we're gonna do like a, a luck episode or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, to briefly just like talk about this a little bit because I have really strong feelings about this kind of thing. Like you look at this top eight and you're like, hey, it's all these players I recognize in top eight must not be a luck format. But then you look at the O2s and you'll find great players who went O2 and dropped the tournament. So like being good at the format is necessary but not sufficient to win. So like that's a good way to put it. Losing mm -hmm. does nice. not mean you're bad. But if you're winning, you're good and things broke your way. Yeah, very well put. I completely agree. Hi, did you play in the tournament? Uh, I did not. I did not. I was busy doing... I was busy booking flights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. takes a lot of dedication and, and training to properly book flights. Right. I, I, thought, I thought you were about to say play Legacy, but no book flights. <laughs> cool. Yeah. To book flights, you need, you need to be good and lucky. Exactly. Well. Like, yeah. Good players go O2 all the time. Like, yeah, it's true. I went, I think I won two dropped the last showcase I played. It's, it just happens. Yeah, yeah for you, sure. You, you want to hear about the most famous O2 player in, in the world? Paolo Vito Damodarosa, who's like in on the shortlist of shortlists for the best player in, in history. He once started out a pro tour O2 and ended up winning the entire thing. That's just like so impressive to me. That's mm. cool. <laughs> yeah. That speaks to a really strong mental game as well. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So yeah, um, Max, you played well. We your decklist says one blue black turbo doomsday, and it certainly looks like a turbo doomsday list. Uh, should we quickly go over um, all the cho choices that you make? That sure, yeah. So the most important choice, the one in front of blue black turbo doomsday, is so it goes to the top of my um, decks ah, on Modo because I have a way too many decks I've created. Hashtag so one is for the decks I'm actively playing. Then I pull off the one when I'm not. Um, so Blue Black Turbo Doomsday, the reason I played this over basically a bunch of other decks is on Wednesday, I asked my wife, uh, should I play Rug or should I play Doomsday? And she said, play Doomsday, your rounds will be faster. And so I was like, yeah, it makes sense. Because I'm a dad of two small kids. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And so like while playing the tournament, I'm also, you know, being a dad the whole time as well. Like, you know, playing with my kids, uh, building with like magnetiles while actively playing my rounds which is hey everybody unfortunately this is where somebody stormed into my room and poured wine all over my keyboard which if you didn't know and i certainly didn't know actually breaks up your entire computer and makes it completely unable to function in the first place so from here on forward i actually switched to my couch recorded from my laptop with a slightly worse microphone so we apologize. I <laughs> apologize. Or oh, actually, the person storming into my room apologizes ahead of time. And I hope you're going to enjoy the rest of the cast. And we're going to move back to Max, Kai, Callum, and me. Thanks for listening. So, Julian, can you recall where we were at when... Absolutely not. When the wine spilling accident happened. So, no. I think we're just going to pick it right back up again. And yeah, uh, somebody walked into my room, spilled wine on my keyboard. And if you didn't know, that actually wrecks the keyboard for two to three days, according to Google. So now I switched to my work laptop and uh, my headsets, and we're going to try to make this work. And Max, I think you were just going to talk about like how you constructed the list, right? Because this 
that there's different ways to build Doomsday. And after introducing us to your naming scheme on Magic Online, uh, you were going to talk about a couple of the uh, more well, interesting is the, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can do that. In Germany, we say like nice is the little brother of, of like, was it asshole or something? K Kai, help me out. No, no, that, that's I, I, a challenge saying. I think, yeah, interesting is the, is the stupid brother of uh, shitty, I think, or something like that, right? Yeah, like we, if you we, say we, that something's interesting, it's really, it's usually we, like. We got a way worse saying in Trump, but I literally can't yeah, remember it. That, that, that's why I hate German. Oh, yeah, it, it's like net, right? Net is a stack line of blue of Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Like nice is the little brother of shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Max, <laughs> you will carry the show because I feel so naked without a proper microphone. So <laughs> okay, sure, all yeah. my hopes and dreams are on you now. It's the okay. doomsday of your microphone. It's fitting. <laughs> it's, it's the apocalypse yeah. of microphone. Yeah. yeah. Keyboard right. apocalypse. Yeah, so um, Blueback Turbo Doomsday. Yeah, there's a, as Julian mentioned, there's a ton of ways to build Doomsday. The cool part about the deck is um, Doomsday itself is like a very small package, or it can be. You know, just actual, like, the card doomsday itself and some way to draw and do and cast bosses oracle is all you actually need. But the way I built uh, Blueback Turbo Doomsday is at least game one to be the most ruthlessly efficient way of casting doomsday and winning quickly. Um, so to run down the list quickly, I, I played um, 16 lands, cavern main deck, swamp main deck, which I'll get to in a little bit. Um, as far as acceleration goes, I played four Dark Rituals, three Lotus Petals, two Cabal Rituals. So that is nine pieces, nine ritual effects, essentially. Um, four Personal Tutors, which is a card I hate, but I played four of, because they are the best card at finding Doomsday and putting it on top of your library. Nothing else does it quite as well as that. So four Personal Tutors and four Doomsdays, of course. And then um, I in being ruthlessly efficient in a game one deck, played a deep analysis. So I was thinking back onto why I did so well with Doomsday right when uh, Consider got released with uh, the new Innistrad set and um, then essentially, you know, stopped doing so well and kind of dropped the deck for a while. And I was thinking about it and I was playing deep analysis in those decks. And the problem with deep analysis is that it loses to everything. It loses to graveyard hate, it loses to pyroblast, it loses to counter magic, it loses to um, you know, lightning bolt because you're paying through life. It, basically any like surgical, any piece of interaction that someone has against you um, deep analysis is soft to. So it's a pretty bad card but what it is really good at is winning game one before people have those cards and so my thought was that i was going to put deep analysis into my main deck win games from low resources that no like on the same turn that no one else could actually win from no other card could actually win from and then side it out almost always so then i would win game one side out the deep analysis and become less vulnerable and sideboard into this auxiliary sideboard plan of the uh, shieldred the apocalypse which aside from being a great flavor win because it's like a you know the apocalypse and doomsday and kind of like mm -hmm. synonyms and fit flavorfully and the art colors like doomsday is like orange and black and shieldred's orange and black like if you like cross your eyes they kind of like look like the same card on us it's so the it's, same card is, is, is that the max is that the max social school of deck building it you, is you gotta have like the proper fitting colors by the way and before before we move on can you quickly uh callum can you help us out what, what does shoulder do yeah so shieldred is a four mana two in double black um she's a four five legendary creature has death touch Whenever you draw a card, you gain two life. Whenever an opponent draws a card, they lose two life. 
it's one of these cards that screams like it's four mana. It's a legend that gets bounced by Caracas. Um, like it doesn't create immediate value when it comes in. So why are we wrong, Max? Wait, wait, yeah. I was gonna say like, why do you like say like all the shitty parts of? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm setting it up to hype it up. Exactly. So no, that's it's that's actually exactly it. So I was racking my brain trying to think of like this pivot plan because as we talked about there's a bunch of like different ways to build doomsday um esper doomsday which is like this slower build that i actually adore like i love playing esper doomsday um won four seasons bologna um a couple weeks ago and so one of the things about that deck and one of the reasons it's good is you can actually have this like good pivot plan where you side out of doomsday or like cut doomsday and like bring in like these mentors and basically become this esper control deck um so you have this auxiliary sideboard plan, and I love having an auxiliary sideboard plan, but I do not love having a sideboard plan that loses to Pyroblast when people are bringing in like four to six Pyroblasts um, in every post-board game because it interacts with the blue part of Doomsday. So I was racking my brain trying to figure out, okay, I need a creature that can accelerate out and doesn't lose to Pyroblast and can win a game on its own, ideally beating Murktide Regent. And I was just like going crazy trying to figure this out. Like, okay, what, what is this? What, what card is this? And then like Daniel Gutschel was like talking about how Shieldred is like probably good in legacy and people were making fun of him on Twitter for it. And then I, and then you tried them. <laughs> so yeah, I hadn't tried it yet. And then I was like, I don't know. And then I was like going through like the doomsday discord and, um, a user named Omnis, Omnis, um, posted, okay, hear me out with an image of children. And I was like, okay, fine, I'm going to do it. So I, um, I threw her into a league and, um, was absolutely amazed at how good she is. Like, it reads like a two life swing thing a turn, but it's not. Basically, it reads like, you know how Narset and Leovold, basically, like, your opponent can't cantrip, like, hold reacher effect? It's a whole breacher effect on your opponent. Plus, every time you cast a cantrip, you gain that much life. Brainstorm gains you six. Like, Murktide hits for eight, Brainstorm gains you six. And so it's, like, absolutely busted how much, like, stronger it is. So you're saying it gains you six on top of the two that you already gained just right. for the turn? So you gain, it's kind of crazy. Right, so you've undone, like, a maximum power Murktide hit. Like, if you know how much, like, a Murktide hits for, like, you get hit once, you're, like, almost dead. It's about so 10 like, million. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, like, you're gaining that 10 million life back in a turn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and in addition, that's, like, so you're stabilizing while your opponent's losing life, and they can't cantrip to find, like, say they kept, like, say they're Delver deck and, like, kept one Brazen Borrower because, like, Flash Threat, whatever. So they still have, like, technically an answer. They can't brainstorm for it, or they just lose. So, mm. like, your opponent's, like, stuck while you're just, like, racing. And if you She also creates thing, that perfect board state where, like, it's yeah. one of these things you don't realize until you see it in play a bit where it's like, okay, it's it's a 4-5. It's That's super beefy. That's a good attacker. And so if it comes to a board stall, that's fine. She's winning the game by being in play. If it's not a board stall, it's a race, well, she'll win the race for you. She's very, very hard to just play against at all. She's exactly. a race car driver. Kai, can you do an alteration? <laughs> Uh, pretty much. I, 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 I've been looking at this card. I mean, it, it, it's such a beautiful card, you're right? It uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm so happy that Children looks like so much better than Thassa's Oracle, you know? You hate the artwork of Thassa's Oracle, don't you? Uh, I, 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 I don't hate it, but it's it's a little embarrassing, you know? Like, I, I, <laughs> that I, sounds I, very much like yeah, hating it. <laughs> I, I would prefer that, you know, like the, the game-finishing creature would be something like Children, the Apocalypse, and not some, some stupid fish, you know? 
<laughs> but that's just me. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I also played with Shieldred. Uh, it was pretty cracked, uh, this card. I mean, like she dies to a bunch of things, right? Uh, like like little stacks, sorts of plowshares, for example. Karak is just a good example. And people, even, like on my stream, people even said like Fatal Push and Path to Exile, which is, you know, which is obviously a meme. But yeah, uh, post, post part mainstay cards against Doomsday, right? <laughs> I, yeah, like this, this, this card, it just, it just did. I think Shieldred kind of like, controls the board quite a bit like she doesn't even have to attack that's that's the that's the point you know like it just sits there people have a, people can't really attack into shieldred which is really awkward right and a lot and not a lot of pm not a lot of creatures in legacy are bigger than a four five yes i don't know she can just chill there and you know just we gotta figure it out <laughs> it kind of reminds me of fable in not that the cards do the same thing at all but they're very unassuming when you just read the text and you see what it does it's like mm-hmm. advantage at different stages of the game on different board states and then when you start seeing how they play it's like oh oh i see okay so you're saying we should play multiple copies of this and in, in the black red night stack <laughs> yeah yeah true <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um fable is a perfect analogy Kellen, because it's like when you read the card like no one was playing fable at first and then you know you're playing foreign painter um, XJ has put four into Moonstompy and ramped it up to like arguably the best or second best deck in the format. Like it doesn't look like much when you read it, but just the sum of its parts is and the context of the match and the context of legacy is just so mm-hmm. so good. That's the key, isn't it? It's, it's it's not like the raw power of what a card does. It is perfectly as you articulated in the context of legacy and in the context of what you want it to be doing in your deck which is she controls the board and the game, which is areas of the game Doomsday prior to this had very little control over. Like you had these kind of the opposition agents and stuff, but that's not doing the same thing. It doesn't control the board. doesn't control the flow of the game. With her, you can probably then choose when you're racing or not and stuff. Like you have a Brazer Borrower then the sideboard as well, a Chain of Vapor. If these are coming in against things where you expect some hate and then you just have a Shieldred in play, you can then dictate a tempo game or you can set up. You're just like, okay, no, I'm going to sit back as a blocker and then sculpt the perfect hand to then kill you with Doomsday. Um, she just covers so many angles for Doomsday. Right. Exactly. I think she, yeah, I think Shieldred has like the same power as Hullbreacher where like this card is so oppressive um, that people need to find an answer immediately. Like, and if they don't have the answer in hand, they have to obviously dig for an answer, which is, you know, which really doesn't work, right? I mean, against Fallbridge, it's it's completely like, you know, it just doesn't work. But against uh, Shield, it, it might just cost half of their life, you know? It's uh, right. that's a and pretty good deal. Between Hullbridge and Shield, one of the things, like, especially with Shield, the thing I was trying to really find with this is, like, you know, Hullbridge dies to Bolt, Hullbridge dies to Pyroblast. Those are frequently played cards. And as, um, as you guys already touched on, like the cards that answer Shieldred cleanly are not cards that you would want to leave in against Doomsday Postboard, like, you know, Source of Plowshares or whatever. Like, So yeah, uh, before I move on, uh, on the way back home from work, I was actually listening to Elo Pantas number 34. Check them out at Elo Pantas on Twitter. And Anorak was actually talking about Shieldred. So check this out. Here's something I'll tell you about Doomsday as well. When you have to resort to like cheese, I think that's just a surrendering that your matchup in that is just really bad. And so you are trying to like catch your opponent off guard. Looking at Shieldred and being like scoreboard doesn't really surprise me because next week, I bet you Max probably won't be playing Shieldred. Okay, yeah. So cheese is like, that's actually one of the words that I have 
a really strong feeling about because I I come from a competitive StarCraft background. I played StarCraft two in college. Um, I was pretty good for someone who's not Korean, and um, got you know to Grandmaster in the, in the latter at least. And one of the things I always stood by is that a cheat strategy is just as valid as like a macro strategy in StarCraft or like a control win, if you will, in like a magic format. Like a win is a win. It's worth three match points and having a harder time winning doesn't get you more match points. So it's just like, if you win, you win, right? So being a cheat strategy of like, oh, my opponent um, boarded for Doomsday and now I'm just going to have this completely orthogonal plan of just like children deal with it, completely taking them by surprise. Like, yeah, that's it is cheese, and it was totally valid. And so now that you know it's coming, like, what are you going to do? Just like leave in swords to plowshares against Doomsday? Okay, fine. You better hope to already have it if Shield resolves. If that's the plan I'm going for, it's not like I'm cutting Doomsday. And then like what <laughs> you are say you that gonna, now, <laughs> your discard your discard gets so good here because you can just discard yeah. them, take the force, and be like, okay, you have swords in your hand. I'm going to brainstorm my shield right away. Then yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, and if they don't have it, you're not going to cantrip for it. It's like mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's cheese, but it's also like good. It doesn't che- being cheese doesn't make it like not valid. And <laughs> yeah, I like, cheese is not, delicious. It's not so much about like whether it's valid. And more about that, uh, that it's more like a flavor of the week thing. And like a week from now, we, we play something else in that slot. Whereas I got the impression that y- you are pretty much like you're on this card. Like, did you oh, consider yeah. that like a mainstay in the sideboard for now? Um, I think so. I've, cause yeah, as I was saying, I was pretty much going crazy trying to find a deck that actually, or like find a card that can actually flip the Delver matchup because, um, you know, basically if, Doomsday's weakness, like its big capital letters weakness, is that it loses to Delver. It's got an amazing win rate overall in the metagame and just like a somewhere around 30% overall against Delver. And the reason for that is because Doomsday itself, like you lose half your life. And then in order to draw into your library, you have to cast Pyroblastable spells or lose even more life with cycling. There's like this giant weakness to a clock plus pyroblasts that Shieldred completely mitigates because like the fact that you're gaining like you know anywhere between four and ten life a turn against Delver means that they can't race you meanwhile like like I also listened to Elo Punters actually so I saw the I heard the part about like losing the race to Murktide it's like okay how are they casting Murktide they cast three cantrips they're already dead yeah, the, the screenshot yeah. I've seen that you posted is like you would sometimes you go just like for turn one Sheldred. And I, I would guess like once they're at the point to even cast Murktide, they are, like you mentioned, they're already dead. Yeah. Dude, I love the card. I don't know. Like, it's also so good against Grizzlebrand. I mean, it's, it's just like random splash damage, right? Uh, across the board as well. Yeah, I mean, hopefully no one draws seven against Sheldred, but, you know, someone's <laughs> going to. <laughs> uh, I, I hear some, one of my opponents recently did that in a YouTube league. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that sounds like a fantastic time. <laughs> it was for one of the players. Yeah, but basically, so, yeah. talk about Shieldred's power and talk about like this, like going back to the like ruthlessly efficient main deck thing. Um, so I played eleven rounds of a pretty wide variety of decks. Um, even though Delver is like thirty percent of the metagame, I only ended up playing against it once, but I I won for what it's worth. Um, so I lost game one, but won games two and three against Delver. So round one, I two odd lands. 
Then I went uh, 2-1 against Blue Red Delver, losing game one, and then Shouldered won me games two and three. Um, I 2 would like the Reg uh, Crashing Footfalls and Turbo Minkskin Boo deck. Then I 2 would Mono Red Stompy twice in a row. I, uh, I 2-1 against Ant. I think I made a misplay game two. And then I lost... Um, Round seven against uh, Namor Squats on like four color Yorian control. I think he just played better than me. Um, I won game one, lost games two and three. And then I 2 0'd Grix's mid range in um, round eight. And then I 2 0'd uh, quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals against eight cast uh, mono black Stompy with Shildred, which is a sweet deck, which I'm sure we'll talk about more. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then um, Naya Depths. And so if you look at that, I played 11 rounds and I won. 10 of the game ones. And the one game one I lost was the one against Blue Red Delver where, you know, the card Doom Stages has an intrinsic weakness. And so, and then on the game twos, like, I won, with the exception of Yorion Control, I, lo- I won all of my game twos with Shieldred. So she, did, did she hard carry in like basically all the sideboard games and then because yeah. because the doomsday game one is so powerful and the rest of the format is mostly apart from delver unprepared by the sound of it they don't have time to rejiggle their sideboard they've just been killed like that's it right especially when you go for like such a powerful like fast four personal tutor deep analysis for discard spells like this really aggressively turbo all in doomsday game one like your opponent's gonna basically pivot board hard for doomsday right like they're gonna Mm -hmm. be like you are like with esper doomsday like you would just again the deck i love but it's not as focused on doomsday it plays four doomsdays sometimes it plays one profane tutor but it's essentially playing a mid-range game it's like i'm gonna draw a bunch of cards and eventually i'll find a doomsday and so against those decks you don't have to like sideboard quite as hard you can bring in more pyroblast you can keep a fairer hand and you can say okay you're eventually going to find a Doomsday, I'll eventually find interaction. But this, like, Turbo Doomsday deck, no, you have to, like, have it out of the gates. It's, you know, as turn one of a deck as, like, Blackguard Reanimator can be. Um, so it's just, like, this super powerful game one that then has this completely orthogonal pivot that doesn't lose to Pyroblast. And, like, obviously it can get Force of Willed, but, you know, yeah. I think saying a spell <laughs> can lose to Force of Will is kind of like a... You know, this is the format. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. We'll we have to wait you know for another modern for to get a shadow that doesn't uh, that can't be countered. Well, shield well, doesn't die to do blade uh, either. So, if I if you draw cavern of souls, which the deck does play, then you can. Do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, what other creature types? Phyrexian something. Um, Phyrexian Praetor. Oh, she's a Praetor. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was the first one, right? The gets mm-hmm. uh, the gets card for your graveyard like creatures from graveyards back. On. I see, I see. Okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, this is like, isn't this like already reason to play Dimmy instead of Esper? You're like, you know, if you had the cho- uh, the choice between Cavern of Souls on Phyrexian or Cavern of Souls on Bird, I mean, <laughs> I would know my answer. <laughs> Dude, this is actually so crazy when I think about this because just the other week we saw Kai play an Esper controllist that happened to have a Doomsday package and. And this is the complete opposite approach, which is kind of cool because we got a question from Neville Shoot, who's basically asking about those two different approaches, right? What are the upsides? What are the downsides? And I think the most important part of the question to me is, what would it take for Max to switch to our non-Turbo Doomsday list? So basically, whatever the pile of crap that Kai was playing last week. So the entire reason to play, in my opinion, Kai, correct me if you disagree here, um, the like non-Turbo, the Esper Doomsday list is a better Delver matchup. 
You basically have enough resources in your main deck and sideboard between like the Baleful Strix and Teferi and Monastery Mentors and six or more removal spells to basically, and all these predicts, to be a an Esper control deck against Delver and not a Doomsday deck and have like this slightly favorable matchup against Delver and then still be, you know, enough of a Doomsday deck against the rest of the field to still like feel good about things, even though you're not like as good at being a doomsday deck and so the thing i would need to have to like switch to esper first of all um would be for the plan against delver to be more than slightly favored like if you're going to play a deck that loses or like loses percentage points against the rest of the field and then like still like run into delver twice and go like one one against it that's like that hurts so much and so you're going to, like, almost like with playing Doomsday, say Shoulder wasn't there, and you're playing this turbo build, you're like, okay, I'm going to lose to Delver, and I'll beat what's not Delver. Yeah, that, that used to be the approach for turbo deck, right? Sorry? <laughs> that used to be the approach for Doomsday, I, I felt like. And that's what's, like, causing so much frustration, especially I, I we talk a lot about this with Neveshoot on our Discord. The, I think, like, Neveshoot is basically spending... All of his free time trying to work out the the Delver matchup, and yeah. I feel like that's somewhat of a representation of the greater Doomsday community. Because whenever I talk to to you guys about Doomsday, you, I think, the one thing that you guys really really care about is fixing the Delver matchup. Because apparently all the other matchups are either like very good or. Dude, good I enough. mean, this is the, yeah, this is the only thing we we have to yeah. fix, you know. Which is like it's funny too because like <laughs> Sheesh. part of me feels like if Doomsday had a good Delver matchup. Doomsday is going to, or like Thassa's Oracle is going to get banned. Like Doomsday having a bad Delver matchup, I think is the thing keeping the deck fair and in check. But and you guys for what it's me. worth, I think that Shieldred gives Doomsday a good Delver matchup. And so Ooh. like, I actually think that with this blue black turbo deck, like the reason I played it is because I think that it kind of solved it. Like, <laughs> you know, Whoa. Dude, that's two cards out of a 75. This is legacy. I, mean, I was about to say, Shieldred's going to get Oracle like, banned. I'm, <laughs> like, yeah, I, mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past it. Like, I think yeah. it's, that's a totally reasonable outcome here. If, I was about like, to ask you, do you think two or more is the right number? So I played two because I can't play 16 sideboard cards. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you can't. But, although uh, <laughs> Mystic Sanctuary kind of underperformed, and I think that they overlap enough to where I think you could play a third children in the Mystic Sanctuary slot. What? I, yeah, I thought Mystic Sanctuary is there to put back Brainstorm so you can gain six more life. Yeah, or <laughs> just, you know, find another children. <laughs> no, um, so I, I think that having a fast children, I played like two leagues to prep for this uh, tournament and obviously like was impressed with children and had two in there and I just kind of like made a couple small adjustments and then ran it back with like this added like a second Thassa's Oracle in my second league. I don't know if we talked about it, but real quick, the idea was that I played one Thassa's Oracle for a while, and Kai, you know about that, right? Like, you hate second Thassa's Oracle. <laughs> I do. <laughs> this is the opposite of everything Kai believes in. That's why it's so beautiful. <laughs> so the thing is, when you're playing a deep analysis pile, you can't actually rely on having Oracle in your hand because you have to discard your hand and with no brainstorm. So having a second Oracle in the library is important and then also you know there's things like there's four force of will's main four force negations in the side having eight forces be able to pitch an oracle is nice it's like not this like dead 
card, dead weight card in your hand if you can actually use it as a storm crow. Like just pitch it. But dude, it depends. Yeah. Well, dude, it depends. You know, like, think, last think... week, Kai, you want to go ahead? I mean, like you know, this is where like you know our mentalities kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of go like different ways because you know, being being Japanese, I would rather die in honor, you know, having this last Soroku in my hand uh, while going for a deep analysis plan, you know, just rather than having <laughs> another <laughs> shitty card in my deck. <laughs> no, like later on. Okay, let me let me ask you this: If you invite a girl, no, no. If you ask a girl for a date, you know, and 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 it fails, you know, would you ask her again? Probably not, right? So why would you want to put like two Tassaroku in a pile? You know, if the first one gets counted, yeah, I'm already, I already gave up. You know, like, like I was so, just Have you heard of the uh, the saying "the heir and the spare"? Like uh, with nobility, right? Like you need you have offspring to pass on your titles and your castles and blah blah blah. But like you know, something might happen to your first child, like your heir, and so you have a you have literally backup children. So. Same deal. <laughs> That's how you yeah, refer but, to uh, the second oracle. Hey, you're my backup. No, child. just just no, just 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 don't just don't fuck up. I mean, you know, like if you don't if you never fuck up, then uh, you don't need backup. Well, I, I think part of what makes first oracle so bad is like the uh, fact that you have to like treat it like this like super fragile thing that you can't. Yeah, like, like a lady. Yeah. Right, but you can't like risk anything <laughs> happening to it. Like you can't cast it because what if they like have a source of plowshares or like you can't like pitch one to force like so it's, it's like, like actually dead card my... sitting in your hand because like <laughs> you're sitting on this like this oracle so bad because like you can't pitch it to force but if you have two oracles you can so it becomes less bad like yeah but but you draw them more like more often actually you draw it does you increase the chance of drawing thousand oracle by a hundred percent yeah but that's fine because like okay so you have oracle in your hand you cast doomsday then you just make a pile that like has some cyclers in the cavern Okay, you know what? I think I think I'm gonna say one thing though because I'm, it it sounds like I I I'm I'm like mercilessly shit talking about Thassa's Oracle, uh, because I think Thassa's Oracle is probably one, if not the worst card to have in an opener, uh, or like before casting Doomsday. After cast after resolving Doomsday, it's actually, if not the best card to have in your hand. So uh, you know, that's it's like a, it's like a lot of like black and white I think going on. You know, it it shouldn't really sound like I I just completely hate this card well, I you mean, know, the thing at is, every like, stage I, of the game. You have some very special powers because when I was watching your stream last week you literally, I don't know what happened but you got rid of Thassa's Oracle, right? And you still ended up winning the match with it. Like, how did that happen? Wait, I, I did what? <laughs> you didn't have... Like, help me out. I'm pretty sure I saw that. The stream, the stream you did, where you actually you wanted to go to bed but you were like, you know what, if we, if we win this then I'm gonna play all the five rounds. Oh, that was Esper though. I think. Yeah, we, yeah, that's what I was talking about, right? When you were playing oh, that really weird deck. Yeah, I mean, that was Esper, and I think I had, like, a couple of mentor tokens, and I, I just built Doomsday with a bunch of brainstorms in it, you know, and just uh, got enough prowess no, triggers. No, 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 dude, dude, I can't believe that you are not remembering Oh, no, this. no, 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 okay, okay, I got, I, got, I got that one. Okay, well, this is completely off topic, uh, but that's I'm why gonna, it's so great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell it anyway. Um, I had a Thassa's Oracle in my hand, but I built a Doomsday pile with not enough blue mana for that Thassa's Oracle and so I couldn't I literally couldn't I had a, I had a fetch down on the field but I think it was like that shitty it must have been that shitty marsh flats uh, or something like that and, and like anyway like it, I, I couldn't get my second blue mana however I was like on the stream I was like dude I, the only thing I can hope for is like a concession uh, maybe next turn, and we just got the concession. Yeah, you literally, you cracked your fetch <laughs> land, and with the fetch land on the stack, the opponent conceded the game. 
Yeah, something like that. The, I, I gotta right. say, we gotta link that link uh, that leak because that was one of the greatest leaks I've ever watched. It's yeah, like that old LSV I, story, right? Where um, he had the burning wedge oh, with no tendrils. Oh yeah, hell yeah, dude. Same thing, same thing. But unfortunately, it was Esper and not Demir. You say uh, unfortunately as if it was like bad. <laughs> you know, I mean, like Demir is so like last week, you know. Oh, is it, oh okay. So it actually is the flavor of the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, tune in for next episode when we talk about Grixis right. Doomsday. Right. You know what? Uh, what you know? Okay, uh, let because um, we kept talking about the stasis, uh, the stasis oracle thing so much. Um, I think what I've been what I've been enjoying so much is um, the combination of stasis oracle plus ideas unbound plus pact of negation, uh, because those three cards like they, dude, that that's like that's just that that's a dream team for me. Um, it's always it's it's kind of it's kind of lame actually because I do it every single time, but it's ideas unbound and it gets. Both the one of that circle I have plus the pact of negation, and no one can stop me. Do you think and, that? Uh, do you think that's as like fast as powerful as Max is describing this deep analysis consider lines? Oh, I they mean, can, bo they can both. Ex they both they seem fairly similar. Um, yeah, they can both exist at the same time. Um, yeah. And for the longest time, I think I had a go-to Demir Doomsday uh, deck list. I think I think until like late July. Um, which had both like deep analysis and ideas unbound and pact of negation and one lousy Thassa's Oracle, yeah. uh, because there are games where there are games where you just have to go for deep analysis because deep analysis requires the least amount of um, cards or like has almost no requirements um, to to um, to pop off you know and ideas unbound you need you need a few cards in your hand you know you might need like a brainstorm and one random card. Or you might need a cycler and uh, two untapped underground seas or something like that. You know. Mm -hmm. Would but, you guys, would you guys think that? I mean, so you've then decided to play the ideas unbound over the second oracle in a sense. If you're going to be a deep analysis thing, then it gives you the other options. So Max thinks the second oracle there is kind of better than the ideas unbound. Is there more that comes with these packages, or is that a, no, a right way of thinking about it? I, so ideas unbound, I think gives you a more robust past the turn pile because mm -hmm. kind of what Kai is saying, like you can ideas into like cavern Oracle and then a like pack negation for like any, you know, dress down or endurance bullshit or whatever like, your opponent could present to you. You have this like free hard counter and you're all in with a pact. So it makes sense to not have a backup Oracle at that point. Cause like yeah, you have a backup Oracle, then like pack negation trigger goes on the stack and you lose anyway. Like that doesn't make sense. So I think that's cohesive in that sense. But mm -hmm. Ideas Unbound, yeah, it gives you like these more robust pass the turn piles, while Deep Analysis lets you win in the same turn with fewer resources. Mm -hmm. right. So you're yeah, just saying this this game one, you are doing this Deep Analysis thing, and then post-sideboard, you don't need to make the more robust pass the turn pile because Shieldred is your plan in a lot of matchups, or the matchup doesn't need Shieldred, so you can probably still rely on Deep Analysis. Um, so I actually would cut Deep analysis, like almost all. So okay. going okay. a little bit back. So if you have like a blue mana and a cycle or a brainstorm and an extra card in hand, you don't need ideas inbound to do like a clean win. The ideas inbound win, like traditionally, was before consider was printed, where you'd brainstorm into a lines of diamond, a cycle, and ideas inbound, and put ideas inbound and whatever the extra card is in your hand below the ideas inbound back on your library. And then you'd like play LED, crack the cycler, or play the you know, cycle, then crack the LED for triple blue. <laughs> um, you draw the ideas inbound. You draw that extra card in your hand, key, keyword there, and the bottom two cards of your library, which are like Cavern Oracle. 
and then play Cavern Oracle. Easy win. But mm-hmm. with Consider, you can actually just do that with Consider and two cyclers, where you uh, draw brainstorm, or you you know find cycle into brainstorm on top of your library and get like LED cycle and Consider, and then you put back the extra card in your hand and then Consider on top, um, and then you you know play LED, do the same thing, crack for triple blue cycle, and then you draw Consider. You get rid of the extra card from your hand and then draw Oracle. So those lines are equivalent on the same turn win, but Ideas Unbound is better for passing the turn because gotcha. you can just like draw three cards and have Oracle plus protection. It's pretty Not cool. Lie, guys. Right. I kind of lost you guys like two or three <laughs> minutes ago. But this is where I wish we were so, like a media actually, so we could like pay here's where I'll plug this. to put in like all the all the piles to see that. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. Yeah. This maybe, is like maybe, when like maybe, chess maybe. grandmasters talk about like B one to X blah 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 blah. And you're like, okay, I'm trying to visualize this in my head, but I've completely lost track. Okay. Let me. <laughs> so I have for free on my Twitter, which is at Maxtortion, a sideboard guide and this extensive list of piles. Where yeah. um, this pile list has. Okay, what's in your hand? Like, what's your mana available? What's the deck requirements? Like, what cards are required to have access to? And uh, what the pile is. And for, they're for winning this turn and for passing the turn. And I have, like, something like 30 piles? I, I don't actually... I've never counted. I've, I've got it open right now, and it's quite a lot. It's amazing. You know, you know what you should do? Like, if you guys want to make that much more accessible, you should, like, create a web application where you literally... You don't even manually put it in your hand. You have like one of those optical recognition software thingies that literally looks at the board state and tells you your possibilities in real time, popping up on your screen. You know, like like for online poker, <laughs> one of those head, head up displays. That would be game changing. That would be insane. Not only for like helping you win, but also for seeing all the possibilities. Because you know, sometimes you would still rule out some of those that the AI wouldn't see why. And that would be like super next level. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, sounds like a lot like of work. A, <laughs> yeah, is that like the point where you can like switch off your brain? Yeah. So, Julian, the the key word there was for free. This is for free. <laughs> what you said sounds very expensive. Um, so yeah, you can literally just go to my Twitter. It's my pin tweet. It has a sideboard hey, guide Min for this deck that. and all these files. Like? So um, if you're like super grateful about me doing this for free and like want to throw like some MTGO tickets my way or something. I'm not going to like say no to you, but I'm also not charging for this. So if you want to get into Doomsday and you're like, ah, Doomsday is too hard, too scary. I don't know how to sideboard. I don't know how to build piles. It's literally all here. Just click the no, link. We're going to ask Min. Like, let, let, let's pull the resources. Could be like, I don't know, how, how expensive is Min? Like 100K? Like how, how many don't, weeks do don't, people don't have do to it, win to make don't, that back? Don't ask Min because he's so nice. He'll be like, oh, I'll do it for free. And then he's going to like no, that's spend saying, 100 like, hours. 100K, right? Send your donations to, I don't know. <laughs> you're going to create a, <laughs> yeah. a Kickstarter. <laughs> raise raise $100,000 to get Min to build this augmented reality. And then yeah. Wizards is going to like ban Thessus Oracle. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Then we're going to go back to like the days of Laboratory Maniac. Yeah, those, oh no, the, the dark days. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there used to be tendrils as well, right? Well, yeah. yeah. It used to be like, like Doomsday into Burning Bush into tendrils, like some mm. really messed up stuff. And oh, you, yeah. th- you would... You would um, 
Iggy Pop like through it to get more storm count, and then you'd yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes he would put a doomsday into the doomsday. So yeah, you could like increase your storm count. Yeah, <laughs> very often you'd burn your wish for like crazy. time spiral as well, so you need to make sure you had two cars in your graveyard when you're doing stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, and, you don't deck and yourself post doomsday. <laughs> and I always thought that it's uh it's what's it's, it's cloud of fairies and uh Ember Cool Sherlock guy. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was weird times. Not not old school enough. Okay, well, my my favorite interaction from old doomsdays was using. Um, um, the conjurer's bauble with the lab man because it didn't use the stack so you couldn't like bolt the oh, lab man response yeah that's cool I like that yeah. um, speaking of the Emrakul Sheldock Isle thing though a lot of people are playing that in the sideboard and so I'm not and the reason I'm not is because the reason why you'd play Emrakul Sheldock Isle is for the matchups where you basically have against like dress downs and endurance like slow matchups where you're not about to die but you have all these kind of um, things that can be an uncounterable oracle because they don't actually counter it. They just stop it. And the idea being that Sheldak Isle with Emrakul is a way to sidestep that. But um, in my experience, the decks that play the like the Dress Downs and Endurances have like Wasteland or Teferi or both. Um, and so I don't actually think that the Sheldak uh, Emrakul plan is reliable against those decks. I think you're just ex- opening up another line of vulnerability. Yeah, Fiat it has become pretty uncommon. At least from from me looking at it from the outside, I rarely ever see it in decklists these days. Oh, that would be why. <laughs> cool. So uh, I think before we move on, we have one more question from Martin from our Discord. And he's uh, stating that, Max, your sideboards have been known, especially your Doomsday sideboards, have been known to always contain Brazen Borrower. Is that like a pet card of yours? Or how come it always ends up in your sideboard, other than, of course, being like a legit legacy card? I mean, when Wizard originally, like, Wizard of the Coast, like, originally came up with the idea of Mythic Rare, they said, oh, we're not doing Mythic Rare off of power level. We're going to do it off of, like, splashy, cool, flavorful cards, right? That was, like, what they said when they initially came out with Mythic Rare. If you look at Brazen Borrower, it's a Mythic. There's nothing splashy or big or, like, Timmy about the card. It's just really Good. It's literally a bounce spell in a, in a flying creature. That it's, it's a, yeah, there's, it's <laughs> mythic <laughs> because it's a really good card on rate. Like, so it's just a super flexible way. Like, you can bounce a Chalice to the Void or kill an Arset. Like, it's just this card that also, like, you know, supplements the Shieldred plan where you're like, say your opponent did actually manage to get a Merc Titan into play before you landed Shieldred. You can bounce it with Borrower and then you know, play the three one to block the attacking dragon Dredge channeler. Like or literally just like, you know, fog a big flying creature for a turn or like attack down a Karn that's preventing your artifacts from working. It's just a super flexible card that I almost would play two of, but Chain of Vapor being a one mana bounce spell is just important enough in some situations to merit the one one split to me. Do you put a borrower in many piles, or is it just a good when you draw it, basically? You do? Yeah, cool. I do. Also, yeah. another thing it does, um, to that point, is adds two devotion. Mm, nice. Yeah, that's cool. So, you can <laughs> play, like, a cavern or Like, if you have borrower in play, so it's good to get you some can play cavern oracle with two cards left in your library, and um, the pyroblast effect, where you, like, you could, like, plow or pyroblast a resolved oracle, would still mm-hmm. win you the game, because you still have two devotion. And it's yeah. insurance against endurance, which does rhyme, but also... Um, Extra devotion means that endurance is less likely to actually stop you. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and- part of that is actually, by the way, I, I saw the Ephoretic of Progenitus in the in the sideboard, 
And in the days leading up to this, I saw you and Kai actually talking in our chat about a situation where Kai couldn't win. And you were like, you know what, if you had Relic of Progenitus in your main deck, we could actually craft a pile that would beat Endurance here. Well, is that like the main application other than being an additional point of uh, Graveyard Tate? Yeah, so it is to beat Endurance. Um, so it, it, well, I think the situation Kai was talking about was sideboard, so he should have just boarded it in. Yeah, but, um, I, I was just like way too stupid. You know, I, I, I think I, it's, it's like beyond my comprehension, but I think now I get it. So I was talking to um, Ethan Formichella, whose monkeys can't cry, on... Uh, on Magic Online in the days leading up to this, because as soon as I had decided I was playing Doomsday for this event, which um, was basically off of being faster for rounds, um, I uh, I reached out to him and was like, hey, are you playing Sunday? And he was like, yeah. And then completely unprompted, here's my exact list that I'm going to play, and feel free to ask me any questions about any card choices. And so I was like, hey, uh, what's with uh, Relic? And so he explained it as basically this complicated way of like, it's a double pass the turn pile, which I won't get into too much details in, but it's in that guide if on my Twitter. But the idea is that you can play it and between tapping to exile your graveyard and cycling it, you can draw through your entire deck to Cavern Oracle without, to be essentially infinite endurances. There's no opportunity for any number of endurances to disrupt that pile. And so... I used to be playing Tormod's Crypt in that spot because, you know, you can just like put a Tormod's Crypt in play and then crypt yourself in response to the endurance, but that doesn't actually beat like a second endurance. <laughs> Meanwhile, this sounds more like the caveman approach, whereas like Relic of Progenitus is like the super elegant tool. Right. So I didn't know how to use it, but um, Ethan taught me. And so <laughs> I put it in the deck. Awesome. Very cool. And uh, there's a couple more like, do you want to talk about the, the swamp? Because that's yeah. not usual as well. The Swamp is not typical. So Doomsday is essentially, despite the card itself being triple black, is a, is basically a mono blue deck splashing a triple black spell. If you look at the rest of the deck, like Oracle's double blue, all the cantrips are double blue. I guess the discard is black as well. But um, the idea being that you're this blue deck that wants to just like hit islands because after you resolve Doomsday, Swamp is pretty close to a dead card. It's not like there's situations where it's not dead, but it gets pretty bad because um, it doesn't cast Thassa's Oracle. But with Shieldred in the sideboard, having this permanent black source is super important for being able to get to double black in a lot of games. Because, you know, you can have Island Swamp and, like, cantrip and discard your opponent and then eventually, like, you know, crack two more fetch lands and then have four mana cast uh, Shieldred or go Swamp, discard you, turn one, and then, like, play Island, Dark Ritual off of your Swamp, Shieldred, turn two, and then just have that all available without risking your discard spell that you're having to fetch an underground sea and get a wasteland. Mm -hmm. So the idea being that Shieldred incentivizes Swamp. Makes sense, makes sense. And what about this one of Leyla in the sideboard? Huh, so that's, that was a question. I, so Ethan was playing two Leyla of the Void, and I asked him about it, and like, why two Leyla? And his answer was really good, and it was basically as Doomsday specifically, um, not like in general as decks, so don't like extrapolate this out, but as Doomsday specifically, um, you have a pretty good matchup against like Oops All Spells and Reanimator in general, because you have like these eight forces and all this like good stuff, and your combo is actually really powerful as well. But what you actually lose to is their nut draw, where they discard you and kill you on turn one. Like they discard your force and then like like Dark Ritual Thought Season to reanimate, you know, like that sort of thing. Um, so you lose to their nut draw. So if you're gonna need your graveyard hate spell to actually 
beat their nut draw since you're beating their regular draws anyway, it may as well be a Layla. May as well be a Leyland in the void. You don't mulligan to it. You're since it's only one, you're not that likely to draw it. If you do draw it, you can ritual it out. It's not the worst. Gotta do what you gotta do. I mean, if you get the opportunity to do that against like Oops or Reanimator, you are slam doing it. So yeah. 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 And that's really like it, right? So like you mentioned, the, the, the entire idea is you want your graveyard hate to be a ten on the first turn, and you care a little less about whether it's like significantly less than average on, on the following turns. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people are more like depending on the deck, they're like, Oh my, I want my graveyard hate to be like a seven across the board, but seven doesn't always cut it on the first turn. And that's why you want to hit it hit it as hard as you can, and that's why Leyland would be a perfect choice for that. Right. Also, like also, if you only play a single copy, like you, you, you're never gonna draw that shitty card when, you know, once you have it in play. Oh, you've cursed it now. <laughs> yeah, you've cursed said, it right. now. Like drawing Leyland is literally the worst thing you can possibly draw after. I think shortly after drawing a Progenitus, I think, but it is so bad. Uh, so Max, um, yeah, I think that's most of like, the interesting things, and it's just you have great answers for everything. It all makes sense. My main takeaway here has been like number one, how good Shieldry is. I think she was like under the radar for every format and now legacy is always like one of the slower ones to wake up because she's been dominating pioneer and stuff during this whole talk i've just been thinking like how big consider has been in addition to the deck which is pretty cool it's huge yeah just changes everything but this deck just looks so sick and killer to me like you're describing like the of the game one plan of just being the most powerful fast thing and like you know deep analysis is weak to everything but they don't have it yet as you perfectly said and then this sideboard plan is is a, it just has a ton of options right like a lot of the cards in the side would have mo- this um you know the, the brazen bar is the perfect like mobile card it, it can change plan based on if you have children or not as well around it fairly wrapping it up on on the deck list stuff would there be any changes you'd make going forward i might cut the mystic sanctuary which kind of underperformed for a third children yeah i like it like i got relatively lucky over the course of the tournament to like have children in my opener but playing more of them you know, increases those odds. And, you know, it's um, you know it's good when you say like after you've played a card for the first time and just crushed a tournament. You're like, yeah, I was lucky to draw it constantly. <laughs> <laughs> you sometimes hear a tournament report where someone's like, oh yeah, I played this cool new card. I didn't really draw it very much, but uh, I won anyway. But this is the opposite. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you like go back to the like my overall matchups, like mm-hmm. of my eleven rounds, I won eight of them two zero. <laughs> so like, yeah, there's game one crush a really fast doomsday game two, accelerate out of shield or like even against stompy decks like the life mm-hmm. gain is crazy the fact that they like just a huge attacking. blocker yeah just a great blocker yeah. i'm also like these these kind of like as we were talking about this kind of like cheese cyborg duke however you want to call it they lose value when they become a known quantity so you winning is obviously going to put it on the map and stuff right but the but the way doomsday works is it's so hard to cyborg against this card even if you know about it like what you're gonna leave unholy heat in or source of plowshares? I, yeah. I don't. I don't. I'm not. Cons- I'm not seeing like a good way around it, even if it's on your radar. Not not in the same way. Like Esper, at least. Um, you know, you know, there's mentors, and it's it's much more of a plan A post sideboard, I guess. But yeah, yeah. The thing I really wish the if the Esper deck, like if the pivot cards weren't blue, I would just be so much happier with that deck overall, like to play it, but. As it stands, everyone's you know playing all these pyroblasts um, to where like your baleful strixes get pyroblasted, your teferis get pyroblasted. They're mm-hmm. leaving in bolts against you a lot of the time because you know doomsday is actually as a combo deck pretty soft to lightning bolt. Yeah, it's weird. Like bolt is it's you know it has its moments against you, and some I, very often when I'm watching like you know 
Kai or anyone stream Doomsday, a lot of the time there is a pile which is like, okay, well, we lose to Doomsday if they have it in their deck post sideboard. And so having Teferi and Mentor... Lightning Bolt, right? Lightning Bolt, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Lightning Bolt. <laughs> um, what did I say? Doomsday. God, yeah. Doomsday's weak to Doomsday. Nice. <laughs> I thought you were the only one not tricking tonight. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. Having special water. Uh, but, like, having Mentor and Strix and Teferi just incentivizes the Bolt if they're on the fence about it, right? But here... Right. I mean, they could double bolt shields, really, I guess, but like, uh, yeah. Yeah, then you then you force off the second bolt, and they want yeah. to die inside. Your deck that still has forces and du- like duresses and stuff. Yeah, it just seems amazing. Cool. Yes. Yeah, uh, I think that once again makes me want to play Doomsday. It's like one of those decks <laughs> yeah. that I've I've been saying I want to play it for such a long time, and uh, I I remember I think I even got once did a stream where I got a crash course how to play the deck. And I still haven't fully, fully tried. I think, Max, really? I remember you at some point, like it might have been a year ago, you posted in one of our chats, right, that you want to pick up, maybe I'm misremembering this, that you want to pick up and learn Doomsday. Did that <laughs> actually happen like a year ago or something where you make like a conscious decision? Hey, I want to get into this deck. Yeah, it was actually um, during Oko Hell. So a bit longer than uh, a year ago. Oh, wow. But <laughs> like Snoko was just like, I was miserable in the format. Like, like, I basically, I've been playing Legacy for, you know, like, 10 years, give or take. Maybe a little more at this point. Um, time flies. Um, and so, the thing, this was the only time that I actually, had, like, stopped playing Legacy. I had just so little fun playing these, like, just absolute slog, zero fun matches against Snoko decks, only to lose with my opponent, like, at 15 seconds on the clock and me with, like, a minute. Like, that was just... <laughs> Tell I, me about I, it. I had just, like... No, I just like I just like put down the format. I was like, I hate this. And at some point, um, you know, kind of around the time that this happened, um, was when Thassa's Oracle got printed a little after, and um, Ethan Formicella, who was actually the person who, like, first I think put Thassa's Oracle into Doomsday, is like, holy shit, this card is good, because um, you know the rest of us were playing Underworld Breach. Um, at that point, like after Snoko Hell, I was just like, I've been wanting to play Doomsday for a while. This is really scary, but I'm hating everything else that I'm doing right now in Legacy. I may as well try. And that sounds so, really miserable. <laughs> Not gonna. Lie. I mean, we we pretty much all hated Snoko, I guess. But I mean, yeah. some people it made me sell like half my collection. I hated it so much. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've heard some people be like, "Oh, I love that time," and I don't have it in me to argue, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Like yeah, I just I was like, okay, fine. I'll let's try Doomsday. Let's let's see if this sticks. And so I played a league, and I went three two, making a ton of mistakes. Like it's really bad. And then next league, I went four one, making fewer mistakes, still mistakes. Third league, I went five zero. And then at the end of like five leagues, I was something like um or six leagues or something. I was like twenty four and six with the deck, and like in my first thirty matches, which is like. For a mm-hmm. deck that's supposed to be this like notoriously hard to play deck, it was a lot easier than uh, the mythos had led on. So I think a lot of that is like kind of holdover from the doomsday before Thassa's Oracle was printed, where it was actually much harder it, it, to play. It used to be actually, actually super, yeah. super hard. Like ironically, mm-hmm. just people would spend five minutes on a pile and then they would go through the motions and realize halfway through they actually couldn't do it because of this or that, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. like, but now it's like it's spicy Omnitel, right? It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's just. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just, 
as a bit of a combo fan these days, I think just Dark Ritual and Doomsday are such cool cards. I'm I'm so happy they're good. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like Omnitel but fun. Yeah, That's kind of how yeah, I yeah. describe it. That's a good Show and tell is not cool. <laughs> Doomsday is cool in my unbiased opinion. Awesome. <laughs> and speaking of fun decks, uh, why don't we take a look at the other decks in the top eight? Because there are some real spice. I mean, there's oh, a yeah. zombie dinosaur deck. Uh, we <laughs> Callum already touched on it. This one is coming to us courtesy of Cherry X Man. Uh, who top forward with uh, the decklist is called B Stompy, so it's like Black Stompy. And the past, I felt like of all the Stompy variants, Black was always the one that didn't really have a proper Stompy deck. Like there used to be like Demon Stompy, with if I remember correctly, like Grinning Demon. And then, <laughs> well, I guess okay, we got Curse Stompy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Curse Stompy is like less of a Stompy deck in the original sense uh, of like just like putting big creatures into play and beating down. But yeah, this this one is much closer to that, and dude, I can't get over the fact that this is literally playing for rat- rotting rachisaurs. This, uh, for those wondering, by the way, that's a two colorless, one black creature zombie dinosaur, seven fucking six. At the beginning of your upkeep, discard a card. It doesn't even have that that Masticore clause of like, oh, and if you can't, it dies. It's literally just three mana, seven six, and everything else doesn't matter. You lose a card, yeah, whatever. <laughs> have, have you guys noticed what's missing from this deck well quote unquote missing it's I'm sure it's a decision not yeah, to play it I, so I played against it in top 4 and I was um, mm. sideboarded as if my opponent had Chalice of the Void yeah. found out after the fact they don't no so they have yeah 7 soul lands so 3 sleeve trays French tombs and 4 crow mocks and 4 dark ritual but they are not playing Chalice it's a very interesting decision oh, but that's crazy yeah I'm just seeing yeah. it right now this is this is like a regular mm-hmm. this is just like a- aggro deck of some sort yeah yeah it's like <laughs> right it, it, it could be called Stompy for sure yeah it's playing it's also playing like the 4 ley lines with 3 helm of obedience and the 4th helm of obedience in the sideboard because it has 4 Khan in the deck as well and then it has the full 4 shieldred and I'm willing to bet that this deck won a ton of games by just playing super, super fast Shieldreds. Yep. It's, yeah. Yeah, I would think so, right? This this is like, this deck is destined to, to get a like turn one, turn two Shieldred most of the time when it has it in the opening hand. Mm-hmm. And it also, like you, you mentioned the Stompy part, right? It's it's kind of funny how the, the term Stompy has changed in its meaning. Because I think these days when we use it, we usually use it like Solands, Chalice, Trinisphere... And then whatever broken thing you have at three mana, whereas in the in the original meaning, like going back to like the late nineties, early two thousands, Stompy meant hey, we got undercosted big creatures like think uh, albino troll and stuff like that. <laughs> and then we 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 happen to have Stompy decks in Legacy at some point, like like eight land Stompy with like land grant and stuff. And then as those decks evolved, people added Soul Lands to them, and oh, what goes well with Soul Lands, Chalice and Trinisphere. So over time, people came to associate that kind, that secondary part of the deck as the main meaning of Stumpy. And I just want to go back to that to, to basically be the historian uh, in that regard uh, mm-hmm. and feel like, yeah, this is, this is much more of a throwback to what it actually means to be or what it actually meant to be a Stumpy deck. So Rotting Gretchasaur, Shadowrite and stuff, like that's, that's what I want to see in a Stumpy deck. And I kind of like the, the approach of, you know what, I'm not even going to have Chalice because I have so many hate cards in my main deck. Like, half the cards you're going to have, they're, they're just going to be useless anyway because they're gonna, either going to be in the graveyard or they're going to be shut down by Leyline, Karn, whatever, your position agent. Yeah, this Legacy has, like, sideboard. a ton of main deck graveyard hate as well. Four Delphi Voidwalker and four main deck Leyline in the Void. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, so rather than the reanimated decks and oops decks, like, cheesing them, this is going to be like, <laughs> lol, no, you're, you're getting cheesed back. But also, uh, if you open up against with the Leyline against Delver, like, yeah. their deck is yeah. basically shut off. 
yeah, it's um, just rely on the fact that like there are just so much incidental graveyard um, like value. Even control decks like relying on Uro a lot, although they have Minsk obviously now. But um, yeah, this deck just has like a good beatdown plan. Like I, I can see like turn two Rotti Regisaur, turn three Shieldred, and then like you've you've maybe taken like one smack from a Regisaur, and then yeah, you're you're dead in a few times to Shieldred. Yeah, I mean, just, uh, turn yeah. one Regisaur, right? Because you've got all these old ends, you've got Chrome Mox, you've Dark got Ritual, Dark Ritual. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I actually I play against this deck in the top four. Mm-hmm. Um, how did the, how did it go? I won two zero and I got lucky to have done so. Mm-hmm. I won the die roll, which is obviously fortunate because I That's was a able good start. to. Right, so I looked at my opponent's hand, and they had basically um, like a dark ritual, Chromox uh, and Regisaur, Karn, and Shieldred. And I was just like, basically like shitting myself. Like, what am I, what am I going to do? Like, all these cards beat me. Because, right, like, <laughs> if you think of like Shieldred against Doomsday, if Doomsday is at like 14 life, or thir- 13 life, I guess technically is where the line is drawn, which is incidentally a hit from Registor, you go to six, and to draw Oracle's your third card down, you've had to draw three cards, so you're at zero. You just mm. die to Shieldred. And Karn prevents your fast mana from working. And like threatens all these like pick needle effects or all these like you know Karn things, right? Mm-hmm. I had to take the Registrar because mm, fascinating because it just kills way, so fast. Yeah, the way that my hand lined up, I like if my opponent turned under Registrar, I could play a turn two personal tutor, get hit for seven, turn three a Doomsday, die. Yeah, yeah, seven six big, cool. Right. So, yeah, so. Do we think this deck has some um, staying power in the format? Oh yeah, I think it's yeah. terrifying. I think it, I think it could have won the tournament if I didn't get lucky against it. Cool, because I've just like found these mono black. There's like the depth version, there's these helm versions. They they do put up results and it's cool and I kind of like them. But they've always found like they seemed a bit like um, unfocused, I guess. Like you know, they have these depth plan, the calm plan, and they they it's two card Monty, right? So I guess they it's. It can look unfocused if they draw the wrong side of their deck, but this one just seems like it plays, plays Thoughtseize and then like you know these creatures and they just hit you really hard, and then I mean, it does have maybe, the Leyline Helm thing, but I don't know, it feels a bit better. Yeah, maybe, maybe it could also like support maybe some number of like Ursa Saga in, in the main deck if they are Ubox already. Uh, I don't I don't know if Saga is a good card in this deck, you know. I, but, I think the uh, missing card is Karn Silex. Karn Silex. That's the, so that's the new one from. Um, the last set, which is mm-hmm. three mana artifact, and your opponent can't pay life for abilities, right? Right. So your opponent can't pay life to uh, cast spells or activate abilities, so they can't mm-hmm. fetch. They can't, in can't my case, like uh, can't force a will. They can't cycle street wraith, mm. and then it also has a pernicious deed effect. That's a cool card. So because like, this deck is like so, it's playing like void walker and two Turax and some chromoxes as like lower CMC stuff. Yeah, and so yeah, you could if you just turn one Silex, that's a really cool idea. Yeah, so I was actually like terrified of Silex, like when I was playing against it, because I playing against the deck, I was like, trying to like, figure out like real quick, like okay, what's going to be in this deck? What's going to be in this deck? Mm-hmm. And Silex came to mind as like this because they're clearly like playing Shieldred, so like they're on to new tech. Yeah, and oh, it like, wouldn't be this wouldn't be on my mind at all. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh shit! And yeah. so like I aggressively like between Silex and opposition, or my fear of Silex and opposition agent, like. Mm-hmm. aggressively fetched and like um without my opponent being able to cast opposition agent and then like try to discard them and get mm-hmm. fast kills in game two i actually won this with children go figure uh okay 
So the Shieldred beats the other Shieldred deck. <laughs> you, you know you're in a weird spot in the format when like the best answer to a threat is the same threat on the other side. <laughs> it's it's almost like yeah, there was like Tamogoy Force. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine right. how, how different Legacy could have been if Tamogoy had more t- uh, power than toughness. <laughs> mm, <that'd be> <laughs> cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's uh we're I guess we're still holding out for for a proper name for the deck. For now I guess we're gonna go with Black Stompy. Uh, Dinosaur Stompy is, is what I wanna see. Um yeah, but we we will see about that. Mm-hmm. The other deck I wanna highlight, actually that deck didn't top eight and I feel so bad. Actually who who created this deck? Because I saw it on Sussurus. Twitter. Oh, you're the best. I, I literally, like I keep saying it, no matter what happens in Legacy, anywhere on the entire planet, Callum knows about it. Callum and he is knows the who, man. who made the deck, he knows what the parents are, and he knows where the person yeah. goes to school. <laughs> well, I'll go, I'll go deeper. The, this screenshot is actually from the same pilot, Cherry X-Man. Oh, that's why I didn't credit so, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Susurus 5 0 and he, he he doesn't post on Twitter and stuff, but I, he likes kind of artifacts and stompy decks, so I'm always following him. He used to stream, and he's pretty top three favorite streamer of all time. He's just, like, so sarcastic and thinks everything's stupid, and it's just great. But he still plays. He just doesn't, like, post anything anywhere. And he he got a 5 0 dump with, like, the eight spirit guides and four Minsk and like loads of furies and stuff. I think he had like eight spirit guides and four furies, the only creatures. And so he didn't have uh, caves of chaos adventurers. So it's a slightly different list, but that's where I first saw the idea. And then yeah, cherry X man posted this on Twitter saying brooded up with, I think it was a Harry MTG and they just five would the first league. So yeah. So, yeah. so basically to, to give a run off the deck, this is, this is turbo Minsk, right? Mm-hmm. We have uh fire engine tombs. We have four Chrome mocks. We have eight Sparrow Guides, we have four Minsk and Boo, we have, well, the four Chalices, four Blood Moons, four Trinisphere's, like, this is a, almost as straightforward as it gets. We have four Caves of Chaos Adventurer, which is the guy, help me out, who... who it's the initiative, so it's like a four-mana yeah. 5-3, uh, yeah. when ETBs you gain the initiative, and then there might be some more text, I can't remember. And that's the dungeon that's, that, that's not it. shitty, right? It's, yeah, it's a good dungeon. Um, yeah. I hate the fact that I know what the dungeon does. <laughs> I know. I know that you're meant to go to the one on the right hand side. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I think not necessarily. Left hand side is usually better. Left hand oh, side has okay. love X. Uh, okay, that's the side I meant, and I'm just getting it wrong. See, I'm. I, I don't know what they do. I'm gonna copy uh, X Whale, and like, if someone plays against me, I'm just gonna eat their card. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I wanted that to be the case, and then I was like so mad about it that like my brain accidentally learned it. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna eat too many cards as well. <laughs> is that kind of actually that good? Because like four mana is a lot of mana on Legacy, right? It's, it's it is pretty good. The reason it's good, Julian, is not because of the fact that like so it's a four mana five three dice removal, but the fact that like the initiative itself is behaves like monarchy. So it goes back and forth. And a lot of the time against red stompy decks, you can kind of just like let the threat resolve, like bolt it, right? Like like a goblin rabble master or whatever, like the threat resolve, answer it on your own time. You're not on this clock to actually kill them. You just have to not die um, when you're playing his red stompy or this minx kimbu deck, whatever stompy deck we're talking about. And the idea being um, that this case of the chaos adventure, what it does is it actually forces your opponent to have to put pressure on you to take the initiative, which they probably can't do given the fact that your entire deck is designed to be aggressive. So if they're attacking you, they're losing. Or they're, they're, if they're attacking you traditionally, they've already won. But if they're attacking yeah. you before the right to do that, they're losing. That's why I was comparing it to a Planeswalker, right? A Planeswalker is kind of the same. If the opponent doesn't pressure the Planeswalker, the Planeswalker, at least a four-mana Planeswalker, hopefully eventually runs away with the game. 
And yeah, but I guess there's not like I guess if we could, we would play eight Minskabu or something. The only format I play in that comes to mind here and would be something like either one of the Garrocks or Chandra. Uh, what's the one? Torch of Defiance. Uh, even though that doesn't run about the game on its own, but the ultimate kind of does. I don't think those go well with just how stumpy decks are these days. Like, I'm not super high on the Caves of Chaos Venture, if I'm honest. Um, otherwise, the deck seems good. Like Minsk is so terrifying from a stumpy deck because it kills so fast. That's why I think a four-mana Planeswalker fits in. It's it's such an aggressive threat rather than Chandra's like slow card advances slash removal spell. Khan is just... I think of Khan as a slow combo hate card, honestly, most of the time. Man, I'm not a big fan of Khan at all. Yeah, but, <laughs> Min- Min- but Minsk and Boo is just like 4-4 four, four haste into a 7-7 seven, seven, and obviously the draw... It's, we, we don't need to go over how good it is, but <laughs> this, this is a mono-red deck splashing for Minsk and Boo. Yeah, I'm I'm just happy that we have a gruel deck in Legacy. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not, but you know, I, I mean, like... our, our, our pure red green deck in Legacy. This is this is like something we haven't had in almost a decade. I want to say. <laughs> I guess I guess you can say lands, yeah. But yeah. this is like a true green yeah. green. Red I mean, there deck. were there were birds of of uh, Agrolome like in 2009-10 that were mostly blue green and then either splashed white or black. But yeah, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> I, this is this is the red green jacket from our childhood, right? This yeah. is the like. My, like the 10 year olds are just gonna like play creatures yeah. and attack you exactly I, like, I mean like like this deck has a lot of interesting things going on like i you know i'm, I'm just looking at like punishing fire growth with windows alongside blood moons in the main deck for example i was you know, about to like point out that nice combo. a lot a lot of interesting stuff going on <laughs> i do feel like yeah i mean maybe the case of chaos adventure is good but um because you do have the eight spirit guides like having eight spirit guides is a lot of fast mana and you're going to pump out like a threat fast maybe yeah. it's fine for what it's worth, I want Chaos of, Chaos of Chaos Adventure to be bad. Like, yeah. I hate it. I hate Initiative. <laughs> I hate everything. Yeah. I really hate Initiative. I don't know where that's coming from. Like, I don't think the card is very good, but I also don't mind. Uh, but there's, there's some real hate for the card. <laughs> like, so when uh, when Baldur's Gate set got released on Magic Online, I opened a bunch of chests trying to find Minsk and Boo. I opened, like, three Chaos of Chaos Adventures, like, skimmed the cards, like, yeah, this sucks, sold them for, like, nothing because I was like, this card sucks. Um, so, and... <laughs> Every time I've played against it, I've basically, if it's resolved, I've lost because mm. of it. And it's been like so terrifying to actually like, it's, it's kind of like the children, right? Like you read it and you're like, yeah, whatever. But then it's like actually enters play and you're like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? I can't actually <laughs> attack you because I don't have a creature in play. I have a what, so, so the first the first couple of things are like the first ETB of the initiative is you get a basic from your deck. Yeah, and the first thing one is, you get a basic. Two one one counters. Yeah, second one you either yeah two one one counters or a scry two, and mm-hmm. then the third one you basically lava axe your opponent, or mm-hmm. create like a four one with menace or like. Uh, that sacks the end of the turn or something. I think it stays around. I don't know, but then like the bottom mm-hmm. one is like reveal the top ten cards of your library. And you get a creature from there, and, like put it into play, and it's augmented somehow. It gets bigger and has hexproof or something. Yeah, like, it's it's stupid, yeah. but like. It's basically this, like, right. compared to, like, Chandra or whatever, like, where you remove the Planeswalker and then your threat's gone. You can't mm-hmm. actually remove Case of Chaos Adventure and then get rid of the whole problem with it. Yeah, it stays mm-hmm. there. You need to then actually get some board presence and attack it. Right. So is, is Initiative actually in Pauper? Because I saw people actually getting really pissed about Initiative It used to be. Pauper. It broke it for, like, two out. weeks, then they banned it. Yeah, yeah, because, like, if we are talking about 
like not the card ca ca uh, whatever it's called like caves of chaos adventure like how is it a creature name by the way anyway <laughs> um, mm. being so good but like the initiative being so good it's, it's actually kind of crazy that that was legal in Pauper in the first place. Yeah, Pauper is a different beast. It's slower and there's just like a t It's very slow and grindy. So it's even harder to get the initiative back, which it's like the Monica's Max said, like you need to hit them with combat damage. I should have played some leaks while that was legal. <laughs> some yeah, it's just like dark ritual into initiative thing. And then yeah. the opponent loses. It, because... it was just playing like four mana one fives, basically. It was the best one. And you just play like dark ritual, Lotus Petals and Cabal Rituals to try and play it turn one or two. Like, the way to take the initiative yeah. is to play your own initiative card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that sounds like the old legend rules of Chase, right? What's the best card against Chase the Mindscapper by playing a Chase Belair in the turn after, at uh, the turn before, and going minus one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do, you, what do you think about Turbo Mints, guys? Do you think this will stick around, or, or people carry on playing Moonstumpy? Well, I don't um, know. I, I expect Kindness to submit a donation deck list for this, like, very soon. I almost oh, yeah. played... Um, <laughs> Turbo rhinos and hamsters for this tournament. Mm. Right, turbo rhinos. I, I think I think the deck is actually pretty good. It's it's basically not played at all, right? It's, not, it's, it's basically the, not played at all. Yeah. The only reason I didn't play it is because I sold my Mexican boost for like silly tickets. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's like, a new house. And I didn't want to like start like begging like for <laughs> a set of them, and I was like, yeah. Also like. Doomsday, as I said, like fast matches, which also mm -hmm. Turbo Rhinos, same same deal. But yeah, yeah it's I think I like I haven't played against it, but it just looks really strong, honestly. It, yeah, I mean, yeah. you turn one instead of four fours, mm -hmm. people are gonna lose. Yeah, yeah, and especially in Legacy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very cool. cool, cool. So yeah, um, we received a lot of questions. Um, what about stickers? About supplemental sets and everything? I think we're gonna move that to the next episode. Uh, there's <laughs> I didn't expect that there actually would be cards to talk about, but it looks like <laughs> Infinity is going to have some cards. And uh, yeah, some of my friends are actually losing. Like one of my friends, to spoiler alert, has actually told me he is going to sell his entire collection now and move out of the game after like 15 years or something. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about stickers next episode and cover it and stuff. But I want to ask you guys one rules question about this. So this card with like blank name then goblin it's it's a three mana it's a two and a red so three mana or two two when it enters the battlefield you can put a name sticker on it add red for each unique vowel on that sticker i have a rules question for you guys see what you say if you bolt it with this trigger on the stack oh, no. what happens dude i want to talk about this next week because i literally have no idea <laughs> <laughs> um so my understanding based off of general rules is like you know what scavenging is? Like if you exile a card and then like you gain a life and put a plus one plus one counter on ooze, mm -hmm. um, like and someone bolts the ooze in response. So you still like exile the card and if it's a creature, you still gain the life, but you don't get a counter on the card because it's gone. Mm -hmm. When this creature enters the battlefield, you may put a name sticker on it, add red for each unique vowel on that sticker. Only cares... Actually, shit. Okay, I was going to say... <laughs> it cares about I'll, I'll, I'll finish my thought. It. I'll finish my thought, mm -hmm. then I'll put out the counterpoint. I was going to yeah. say, only cares about the unique value on the sticker. So it's like, ETB, choose a sticker, and then it's about the sticker itself. But that's not true, because it says you may put a name sticker on it. So that may be the case that it... Like, if you remove it in response, it you can't do that. But also the fact that stickers are perpetual. So yeah, you stickers, can follow stickers follow you across zones. So Mind Goblin... Or whatever it is, <laughs> you're um, that already. <laughs> dying um, doesn't 
but you could still like put a sticker on it in the graveyard, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Because it's it's so weird, it's so different from everything we've ever done. If it goes to the graveyard, it's, it's still kind of like the card. You can put a stick on it. I guess you can. But then, do you get mana? You should, right? Yeah, because it carries like, with the vowels the, on that sticker. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah the, the question is whether the sticker gets put uh, onto it in the first place, and if it does, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Do I mean if they're th- if they're so disrespect- disrespectful, like you know, spotting this poor goblin creature, you should, yeah, yeah, just just put that on their forehead or something, you know, like somewhere <laughs> else. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and still yeah, get the mana. I think we'll find out uh, until next week. Uh, yeah, we'll find out next week. Somebody's probably going to post it on Twitter. Uh, hit us up on at EternalMTG to let us know how this is going to work. There's an even trickier question that XJake posted on Twitter where it's like, what if I make a copy and then I put a stick on it and then the copy dies? And of course, the copy ceases to exist in the graveyard, but literally there's nothing in the rules about what happens to stickers on... Yeah, okay. I can see why my friend wants to quit magic. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, but yeah, we, we have two more questions, basically for the entire team. Uh, but I'm going to pass this one on to, to Max. Uh, Franco Boli is asking, what would your art for Doomsday be if you could give it art direction? I think, Kai, you've answered this many times, right, on the cast. I'm not going to say a single word. Well, you can, but I think we've heard it many times. But Max, what, what is your answer? I've I've seen Kai's. If anyone hasn't seen Kai's five piece artwork of some of what happens to someone in the cast Doomsday, it is beautiful. Those paintings are fantastic. So I'm just gonna preface it with that and go in a completely different direction for my answer because I can't match that. One of the things I find kind of like in Magic, like the game to lore kind of thing, where your deck is like your knowledge, right? everything you know. Doomsday itself is basically saying the world's ending around you. Search through everything you know and find some things and like store them, organize them, keep them close to you. Like you're, you're very hurt, but like you're grabbing these things that are absolutely essential to you and keeping them. And so that's kind of like how I interpret the text of Doomsday, keeping that knowledge and losing everything else. So I kind of like, I focus on like the like desperate hope aspect of it. I like that. You know what? Actually, that, that inspires me. <laughs> well, it inspires me to hope that that Rhystic Studies is going to do a video on Doomsday at some point. Because those videos are amazing, and there's so much flavor in Doomsday, right? Like you mentioned your interpretation oh, yeah, of it. Yeah. The world ends around you, and there's only five things that you get to keep for the rest of, of well, your life, however long it may be. Yeah. I like that. Cool. Cool. And our very last question, coming to us from Nevershoot. What are your guys' favorite two-card combos? doesn't have to be game ending uh let's go around kai um what what, what is your favorite two-card uh, combo mine is uh blue elemental blast and chill just because i want to beat callum smith <laughs> perfect <laughs> callum how do you counter um well oh, please, please don't tell me you still didn't think about anything <laughs> i did i did um well obviously these days it's painter and grindstone they they are my love now in the past it would have been something which julian's gonna go <laughs> to but it was charlotte's asian ancestral visions I mean, that's cool. I can respect Yeah, that. okay, cool. Actually, yeah, it's actually quite cool. Right? All right, I'm joking. It was Astrolabe and Blood Moon. Next. <laughs> <laughs> I have too much fun to really care. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so so Max, what is your favorite two-card combo? It is Minkskin Boo and Phyrexian Dreadnought. That's cheating. That's three things. No, it's not. It's two things. Minskin Boo and... <laughs> well, the Boo, doesn't, the boo okay. doesn't do anything. It's just... Yeah. But the Boo actually does a lot of work. The, the Boo just yeah. watches. No, don't disrespect the hamster. Oh, well, okay. I, in I, I in this two-card combo, the boo just watches because you attack for 12 with your Phyrexian Dreadnought and then you play Minxkin Boo and then you fling your Phyrexian Dreadnought for additional 12. So nice. you one-shot your opponent. How does that like flavor-wise? 
<laughs> Good, dude. I, I mean, love that. I mean, Minsk is just really strong and throws a Phyrexian Dreadnought at someone. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, my, my two-card combo might actually be the least uh, exciting one, but it has been my favorite two-card combo for basically ever since those cards have existed. And that's Noble Hierarch plus Medallion Click. Because this is a very generous use of the word combo here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like. I, I don't see a single combo here, but uh... dude, come on, come on. You you, you play turn one noble hierarchy. You play turn two Medillion click. My, my favorite uh, two card combo is um, volcanic so... island and Delver Secrets. Dude, that's like that, yeah, that's like like land no, of you know, any out. any three drop. It's okay. so much fun, right? You, you you cast your turn two Medillion click. They are tapped out for something stupid in the first turn, like wild Capper. and then you take your their remover spell. You untap and you hit them in the face for for four, which is like. Wow. How much is that? Like that's more than three. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's literally 20% of their life total. Right. I it's mean, like going turn one, Lamorelf, turn two, trained Armadon, turn three, attack the, for four. No, <laughs> you guys are making fun of me, but this is yeah. one of the most elegant things you can do in, in Legacy and was one of the most joyful. Oh, you're, you're not appreciating yeah. me. I, it's, 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 kind of, it's kind of funny that you say like Noble Hurricane into Vendelian Click after we talked about like that turn one, Dark Witch into Rotting Magisaur, you know? <laughs> 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 It's just it's just the best, man. Dude, the the format has so moved on. We're we're playing turn one seven sixes. Sorry. No, Bantz and Wyvern Shoulder Eyes again. It's the best. It's the best crack. I don't know, man. <laughs> we still I mean, love you, at man. At some point, they're gonna print like Fire Survivor, right? You 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 survive it straight into play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do. Kind of oh, happened with French wines. I do have to say that um, Buried Alive and Arclight Phoenix is also up there. Oh yeah, I have um, lost more money. Pl- Trying to win Hell with yes. Phoenix decks than anything else uh, like in uh, in any format, like across formats, Pioneer, Modern, yeah. Legacy. I just I keep on every time U five O Callum with uh, with Arclight Phoenix. I, it's like, it's put- Pietroni tens for now. He's every time I see a, like he five O's or does well in a challenge, I'm like, God damn it, here we go again. <laughs> Gotta play it again. My old love. And the list yeah. looks so good, right? It's like, oh, it's playing Letter Shredder now. So it's yeah. like you can like discover, like you can like, keep genius. on convincing yourself that it's like good, and he's just and really, really good at it. Yeah, yeah, basically. It's like that X where you think like, oh, maybe we should reconnect. I don't know, man. That's like, so the- it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's just weird when you look at somebody else like having a lot of fun with it, and, and you're like, oh, I should get back to her. It's like, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, guys, I think that's going to be it from us today. We're going to link Max's sideboard guide, which I guess from what I've heard today is much more than just a sideboard guide. Uh, it's also like, is it the, the, the current form of the Doomsday Bible? It feels like it, at least. Uh, we're going to link that in the show notes. If you want to support the running of the show, you can submit um, a review on Apple Podcasts. And I hear, I heard, that you can actually submit reviews on Spotify now. Wow. So for, for those not in the know, I think up until like two years ago, I kept begging people to finally submit our first review on Spotify until somebody actually took the time to send me an email to tell me that you can't leave reviews on Spotify. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently Oopsies. now you can. So if you want to be our first five-star review on Spotify, hit us up there and leave a review. You can also support the running of the show on patreon.com slash everydaychannel. And with that, if you want to see some memes, some links, and uh, a lot of other wonky stuff, check out at EternalMTG on Twitter and Instagram. Kai, Kadom, and Max, where can people find you online? Yo, so- people can find me on, uh, on Twitter and Twitch and most other social media platforms such as Instagram. Uh, it's always Savatarix. Also my homepage, Savatarix.com. Max? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Maxtortion. It's where I have, you know, this whole sideboard guide and pile guide 
as my pinned tweet right now. I post a lot of things about Magic Legacy, what's working for me, what isn't, but I also just kind of like, you know, shit post crack jokes, um, have a good time. I try to make my Twitter a generally positive, fun space that I think uh, I enjoy writing. Oh, do you? People enjoy reading. <laughs> you, don't, you don't think so? No, it's I, I just like uh, whenever somebody says something like that, I try to, to imagine the opposite where somebody's like, you know, I'm trying to make my, my Twitter like pretty, like dire and boring and like bad. And... <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> but Twitter, I anyway. Twitter is in and of itself like this like very, very negative spot where like, like Twitter is like the most like if we're talking about like various magic formats, like of being like punishing, Twitter is the most punishing magic format. Like you think you lose like <laughs> by making one misplay in Legacy, you make one misplay on Magic Twitter, you're out. Oh like, yeah, it's, there's it's no one there's no game too. It's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, Magic okay. Twitter is a very very high risk low reward format, and so I I try to play the format well. Yeah, you just don't talk. It's easy. <laughs> just, yeah, just I, I keep press. talking. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Oh, trying to step through the minefield. I see. I see. Okay. And if you want to see me navigating the minefield that is Twitter, you can check me out on at itsjudian23 and you can watch my streams on itsjudian on Twitch. With that, big shout outs to everybody supporting the show. Uh, everybody on Discord hanging out, having a great time. I was hey, just Julian, talking. Julian, I think, I, think, I think you skipped Callum. It's all right. Wait. I can uh, take uh, it. You skipped the best man. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mentioned Callum after you. I thought, oh, yeah, you're right. We actually skipped Callum. That's okay. Why are we saving the best for last? Yeah, I was going to say that after. I'm, I'm at Callum Smith MTG. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and you're actually the best. Dude. You're, 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 you're How'd you come up with that name? Oh. I don't know. It's just a, it's such a unusual name for an English person as well. Yeah, like I um, get the Callum Smith part, but then it's like a bunch of like consonants after. Weird, yeah, just just weird letters. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I, it's like Callum Smith meeting, like meeting Callum Smith. Meeting I the G. We were talking about like Callum's parents, like picking the name. <laughs> Same. <laughs> okay, uh, got it. MTG cool. means I'm a fan of the uh, that that crazy. Uh, oh no no woman. please don't please don't go there no i'm 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 always worried that i'm gonna get mistaken for that actually now so I might oh it's, they might it. be giants right like might like empty might yeah yeah, yeah that's that band. the band okay. right cool. i sometimes yeah. get so confused when i read headlines and i'm like what what does this have to do with matt oh i see yeah <laughs> yeah, we're, but, yeah we're, uh, we're not mentioning uh, the voldemort politician yeah, okay, yeah, that, that sounds like a wise play. See, this is how you stay ahead of the game and on Twitter. <laughs> so yeah, with that, big shout-outs to everybody supporting the show, everybody hanging out on Twitter, making it a great time. I was just talking to a friend of mine whom I met at the trade fair again, How, because they are not in, really into Magic, but they asked me what one of my proudest achievements, and like they, they met as a player in Magic is. But to me, and it sounds cheesy, is really like cultivating like uh, an actual twi- uh, Twitter, yeah, Discord community. Because I see so many places where they're like, oh yeah, you get Discord access. And they go to Discord and it's like a barren wasteland. And yeah, so basically, big shout outs to everybody hanging out there, making it a great time, making it a great place to shit post while I'm at work. And <laughs> so yeah, especially for our eternal witness tier supporters, Tommy Hinks, Sakina, Sebastian Holager, Guillaume, Hannah Boref, Sean Dewey, Francis Copa, Cassandra Davis, and Severin Schwarzuber. Actually, Severin did really well at the. At the Etcetera tournament on the weekend. So, shout out to that. I think he played uh, Sapphire Breakfast. 
Really good deck. Gotta stream that sometime. Sorry, I'm, I'm having a little too much wine. I'm streaming from my couch on my laptop, drinking wine. This is. I'm actually <laughs> happy we got this far into the cast. <laughs> yeah. And big shout outs, especially to the aggressive brand tier supporters as well Victor Bernatz, Butcher Butts, Scott Monroe, Jeremy Gates, Henry Korkutz, Tom Hepp, Andrew Whitman, and Paragon Games and Zagdus. All of you guys have been supporting us for a long, long time. We're really grateful for that. And. I'm looking forward to editing this without a keyboard tomorrow, so this is going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit your head against the screen, it's fine. That's how it works, right? That's mm-hmm. how I went on Magic Online. Just exactly. open up the, open up the on-screen keyboarding user mess. The thing is, I can't even enter my password. <laughs> <laughs> Just yell it. Keep yelling into your microphone. We'll figure it out. Maybe I'm mm. going to say a little bit longer at work tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no. But I hear there's also these places where you can exchange money for items, so maybe maybe that's going to help me out. No, they, they won't give you a keyboard if you've already had one. Oh, communism wins again. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> I have to trade in the old one. Okay, I see. So yeah, with that, everybody, thank you so much. Thank you for putting up with my, uh, I would guess, pretty bad sound quality compared to what we usually have. I blame it all on the wine. Literally, it flooded my keyboard. It bugged out my computer. But we had a great guest. We had two great co-hosts who saved the show. And with that... See you again next time in October when we will talk about amazing stickers and how Sheldred is actually ripe for a ban. See you then. Bye-bye. Ciao. Ciao. Bye-bye.